This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we have got a, a dragon and the child. The child's normally only on the Wednesday shows, but she's here on the Sunday one this week. She wanted to show everyone the amazing Lego dragon as it flies through the air. It's wonderful. It's now sitting on my shoulder. It's good. Having a shoulder dragon has always been a dream of mine. And today, that dream has come true. Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> All right, do you have a cat you want to show us today, Alexia? Yeah. Which cat's turn is it to be famous on the show today? It's Riot's turn. It's Riot's turn. That's good. Riot, Riot is the puppy kitten. Um, we're going to talk about hockey here in a bit, I, I promise. We just got cats and beer and other stuff to talk about first. This is the puppy kitten. If you're watching on the video, you can see her. We call her the puppy kitten. Yeah, we call her the I call her the puppy kitten because you can rub her tummy, and most of the time when you're holding her, she'll lick you. But she doesn't seem to want to do that right now because she's a cat. Right now, she wants to kill everyone around her. Uh, All right, take the kitten, let her be free. You go be free, child. I will continue the show. We will do proud, wonderful things on the show today. We talk about hockey. We're, that's what. That's a good, wonderful thing. As we start talking about hockey, something I do want to mention as we start off here, our good friends over at DraftKings. Um, if you've been, you know, watching a bunch of games like I have, and last night uh, I was reading about guys having some sad stories about how they thought they were going to win their DraftKings pool, and then Connor McDavid played and had a five point night, uh, and they they didn't make it. So. Hey, use your uh, hockey acumen to to the test there. Make some money on DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings paid out over $7 billion to platform to users across all sports. Um, draft your lineup and uh, and, and just kind of feel that 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 pressure during the games. Any night when there's not a Jackets game. Because when there's a Jackets game going on, if you're like me, you're angry enough already these last few nights. But uh, hey, maybe you win some money and, and you feel good about it there. So you know what's, how to play. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN, to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Beer of the Week. Who cooks for you from Jackie O's? Look at that bad boy right there. Who cooks for you is Jackie O's first packaged hazy pale ale, brewed in double dry hopped with over three pound per barrel of both Cryo hop powder and hop pellets that were hand-selected in Yakima, Washington. This little number is full of bright aromas and flavors of mango, watermelon, and lemon. What? Uh, A subtle sweetness and soft bitterness will round out this fruit-forward low ABV creation named after the unmistakable Appalachian barrel owl call. Who cooks for you? That has got a very fruity smell for a beer. That's incredible. Wow. Hmm. There's a lot of pale ales. The hops are kind of overpowering. And I think all the sweetness they put into it really offsets it. So I'm really impressed by that. Who cooks for you? Hazy pale ale. This is a drink it. 
I said that like I have some kind of rating standard for this. I don't. But I drink that beer and I would enjoy that beer and I would recommend that beer to anyone. All right. And because life's not allowed to be good, let's look at the standings. The Blue Jackets, if you look at points, are fifth. If you look at points percentage, they're sixth. As you know, on this show, we look at points percentage. Blue Jackets right now are at a 526. Um, they need to leapfrog both Chicago and Dallas to get into that. Uh, to get into the playoffs right now, Chicago's at a 579. Dallas is at a 583. Dallas is... I, I, here's the thing, guys. So we're in a really weird situation. I, it feels like it's inevitable that we're not going to get a full season in for all teams, and it's going to come down to points percentage. And where that's tricky, I was reading something the Washington Post put up, and three as a Blue Jackets fan, if I was to be like, yeah, this is why going by points percentage is going to rip off teams, I made the point that of all sports, hockey is the one most prone to luck. Um, and that you need a full 82-game season to really get a sense of who's the better teams. And, and so, and the re- the reason for that is, if a team has a hot streak, and they're really not that good, but they have one good hot streak in them, that could get them in the playoffs. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, boo-hoo, the Blue Jackets won't make it because some other team got it unfairly. The Blue Jackets are not looking good right now. Um, But I think it's incredibly likely at this point, because... Chicago and Columbus are at 19 games. Detroit's at 20. Dallas is at 12. Dallas, as we all know, the season started off poorly for them because of uh, they were all on the COVID list, so they didn't get to play games to start the season. Now we've hit the stretch where they were going to have a bunch of home games, and Dallas is in trouble because of the winter storms down there have knocked out their power, and Texas just is incredibly ill-equipped for this type of situation, apparently. Um and so there's rolling blackouts, and I don't mean to make light of the situation at all. It's terrible. People have died. It's it's an awful situation. But the NHL decided to postpone games down there, which makes total sense. I, in no means would I have said they should keep playing games down there. What they probably should have done, because these games need to happen in such a short period of time, and there's not really even that many fans in the building anyway, if I were them, I would have just said, hey, the games you were going to play. I think they were supposed to play uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina. Why didn't they just say, hey, let's just, if we can, let's just get your games in Carolina out of the way now or your games in Tampa, and then we'll flop, we'll switch the games later and just get it done. I, I don't know why that wasn't done. We're in a condensed situation as it is. Now, I know that they use this situation, to, I think, to do a makeup between Carolina and Tampa Bay or to do a Carolina-Tampa Bay game. I'm just kind of surprised they didn't just say, you know what? You know, Carolina, Tampa Bay, hey, Dallas, how about you fly to Tampa and play a couple games down there where you fly to Carolina, play your game with them, and then we'll just return the favor later when the game was supposed to happen the other way. I don't know why that didn't happen. It just makes sense to me, and I don't get it, but that's where we are. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where the, as bad as the Blue Jacket season has been, one good winning streak or one bad losing streak out of Dallas, and we're we're right in it. Um, although looking at points percentage, looking at the odds from Money Puck, the Blue Jackets are down to a twenty point one percent chance to make the playoffs. It's one of the lowest percentages in the league. Um, it, the, the Ducks are at a sixteen point one. Ottawa's at a six point two. What they're the fourth lowest odds in the league of making the playoffs at this point. 
2.7 out of Detroit. So it's not good. It's it's not good. Um, it's not good. We're going to do a little bit of a, a talk today about where things are at with the team, with the franchise, honestly. And I know 17 or 19 games in a weird, the weird COVID season we're having, you don't want to overreact, but at the same time, I, I'm going to. I'm going to have a bit of a reaction tonight. That's just what's going to happen on the show. So, um, jumping into some other things first before we get into the deep dive on the jackets, just some different stuff. Uh, the NHL on Saturday and then Sunday held their big uh, game out in Lake Tahoe. Uh, if you followed that, it had one of the longest intermissions in league history as they played the first period. Uh, the sun hit directly on the ice, caused it to melt, caused terrible divots in the ice. Um, there are people saying you could see the, essentially the concrete that's under the pad of ice. Uh, and it just, it was a nightmare. So they did an intermission from, I think it was like five to nine or, or midnight or something like, it was like five, six, seven hours, something like that. And then came back and finished it. Uh, the second game they were playing pretty much as the sun was going down. It's still beautiful. It was still nice. Um, I enjoyed watching the game nonetheless. The Saturday game anyway. Uh, but I saw a lot of people saying, why didn't they think of this? Why didn't this happen? Yeah, I mean, I can see where with benefit of hindsight, they should have seen it. Maybe they should have known it was going to happen anyway. Um, at the same time, they tried something new. I, I'm kind of I'm chalking up the Lake Tahoe thing where I am the retro reverse jerseys, which is you tried something new. With the retro reverse jerseys, I think now that we're seeing them on the ice, more of them are bad than we thought. Because I, I keep getting the sense when I watch different games. Oh, that team's wearing their retro reverse tonight. Oh, let's watch that. And I go, oh, why? Why did they do that? Um, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that was terrible. Who made that idea should be fired? Because you know what? You made a choice. It didn't work. Um so I'm not, I'm not too, I, I get it. I would rather them try new things and fail than consistently try and, you know, not try anything at all there. Um, so that's where that process would go from there. Um, looking at, but so that's where that went. Uh, other report from Saturday night, Chris Johnson of Sportsnet reported that ESPN will be part of the NHL's next national TV deal here in the States. The deal will not be exclusive to ESPN, like what the NHL had with NBC since 2005. Um, If you've been listening to this show for a while, this has been uh, a drum I've been beating that I want them to be on ESPN. And part of it is, I think what you can try and do is you want to become part of ESPN's conversation, which means between podcasts, sports center. And I understand a lot of people don't watch linear TV the same way they always have. But just think of being a sports fan yourself. Even people who are hockey people, even people who'd never watched an episode of First Take, you know who Stephen A. Smith is because he says funny things and it gets on Twitter and it gets trending. Um, you know, you know Dan Orlovsky, even though if you don't watch the show he's on Get Up that he's most often on during football season, ESPN will take his little segments, put them on Twitter, and they'll get trending. ESPN... This is a good beer. I'm liking this. What was it called again? Jackie O's. Who cooks for you? Definitely pick that bad boy up. ESPN still sets the conversation in sports. 
even if it's not the bastion of what was, even if it even if it's something where it's not like where Sports Center isn't must see TV, they because of their just plethora of of sources and their plethora of of platforms, they set the conversation in sports. So I think it's very good uh, for the NHL to do this, to be part of what's going on there. Um, so now, is it something where ESP, the NHL gets on ESPN and they just rele- get relegated to, they're on a couple times a week and they never get talked about? It's possible. But if I'm the NHL, when you're making this deal, you're making this deal talking about, hey, you know, what what's, what's the expectation? And ESPN's pitching you on it. And ESPN's hopefully saying things like, Oh, we've got this guy who, or this guy or this woman who knows hockey, and we're going to have them on, you know, get up or first take twice a week, and and they're going to do a segment and that sort of thing. And this is also an opportunity for the game to kind of diversify itself a little bit because you can bring in new voices. Um, the NHL can can make suggestions. It, it doesn't always just have to be, oh, this is a guy who played for 15 years or whatever. You can have different voices. You can have people who can break down the game analytically a little differently, uh, have some different stuff. If I'm, if I'm ESPN, I mean, I'm looking at reviving some things like, you know, hockey night on ESPN. I'm looking at, if you're getting that partial package, you probably either want like a Tuesday or a Thursday or a Wednesday, like a midweek package that you can push um, and, and go about that way. And, and what it might do, uh, I think it's something that, that ESPN can can do some cool things with. If you're the NHL, you know, you're talking with them. If ESPN is willing to give you uh, some – if ESPN is willing to give you certain assurances about how much, you know, you're going to get talked about on the shows, then you're willing to do things like say, hey, we'll give you half the first round of the playoffs, that kind of stuff. Because I think, I think that would be good, especially with uh, NBC – dropping NBCSN, so you're going to have more stuff on USA, and uh, you're going to have probably stuff on the Peacock platform, the, the streaming stuff. Having something like ESPN, I think, is a big deal there for the NHL. All right. Um, going to hear a quick word from our uh, friends here at the Hockey Podcast Network, and then we're going to jump into kind of our deep dive on where we're at with the Blue Jackets and how we feel about it. be really interesting like i like pinto and i i remember everyone like and this is the thing that i think sense fans need to start realizing we need to stop looking at the draft we really need to stop looking at a player being like he was drafted way too early you know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late mark stone sixth round pick and now he's making nine and a half million dollars pajot dropped i think in the fifth round and making five million hoffman Welcome to the Sense Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin, but now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. 
New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. All right. Jumping back into the show here. Um, first thing I want to talk about a little bit is uh, we've got a goalie down again. Um, Elversmere's Lincolns is week to week. Uh, at this point, Madison Lennox has been called up to the team. Um, their full expectation in my mind is that we will probably see, uh, we'll probably see kind of an every other game like, still, although I honestly kind of expect it to be like two Jonas, then one for Kiv Lennox, that kind of thing, depending on how close they are. I think Torts just has more of a trust for, uh, for Corpus Allo than he does for Kiv Lennox, which I can't be against that. Um, cause I mean, obviously one guy has a, has a history, uh, the other doesn't at this point. So, um, what I want to talk about in this. So on the last episode, something I mentioned was, are the blue jackets finally turning a corner? And I knew it was a weird thing to say when they had, you know, uh, essentially, you know, they won one out of the last three, um, but against the Blackhawks and against the Hurricanes, the, that information came from the idea that the Corsi 4 was going in their direction. The expected goals 4 was going in their direction. And they decided to make me feel stupid uh, because in the last two games, they've had what could easily be described as some of their worst games. And, and it's weird because one of those is a 3 nothing win. Um, but when you look at their 5-on-5 five five play in that 3 nothing win, they didn't control possession. They didn't control shot totals. They did not have a higher expected goals for than their opponent. Um, they didn't have more high danger chances. They didn't have more scoring chances. Um, yeah, they didn't have more scoring chances for it. They just, in both games, the team looks like it's not there. And on the, the last episode, when I talked about it, I mentioned the idea that, okay, it looked like the sticks were coming back. Like they were playing defense. They were breaking down. They were preventing those great scoring chances from happening. And that's, that's gone. That's, that's starting to go again. Um, and, and the question that it's, it's starting to beg from me uh, and somebody commented here with it on the, the live show here, uh, Mr. Jim Flint, what is the Seth trade going to happen? Uh, I would be stunned there, Jim, if a Seth trade does happen, but I would be less stunned than I was, than I would have been three months ago. I'll put it that way. Because I think where the organization is at. And it's tricky because is it something where the the, the way I put the question on Twitter was, are we at a composition problem or are we at a coaching problem? And someone responded with, oh, it could be both. And you're right. It could be both. Uh, it could be that the team Yarmo Kekalina has put together just isn't good enough. Um, but it could also be that uh, there, there's an issue with coaching that's holding it back. And okay, let's look at this team. Let's look at last year's Blue Jackets. When we look at the course before for them at five on five score and venue adjusted, the Columbus Blue Jackets were 19th in the league at 48.87%. This year, they are 29th in the league at 46.29%. Here's the big difference with last year's team 
last year's team expected goals for percentage. They were 11th at 51.73. This year's expected goals for percent. They are 27th at 45.74. That's abysmal. That is awful. You're not going to be winning games doing that. Because what that means is for the Blue Jackets to score and win, they have got to get higher finishing luck and talent than their opponents, and their goaltending has to be better than their opponents. Because the work part of the the game, getting into good scoring chances, getting into good places to take good shots, you're not winning that. You're not winning that battle. So what you're hoping for is that on any given night, your shots just happen to go in. And that 3 nothing win against Nashville, if anything, that Cam Atkinson goal where the puck just flipped up in the air and went right over the goalie's back, that's been emblematic of the Blue Jackets season. And that when we win, I don't. we normally don't overly deserve it. And so far this season, we haven't deserved to win a lot because we haven't been a very good team. Uh, I mean, that's that's just honestly where this team is. Because last season, if you remember, watching this team last season, they would get outshot often, very often. But it almost looked like uh, if you've been, if you've if you've watched other sports, the, the the shooting charts in the NBA are really funny anymore because pretty much every shooting chart from almost every team in the NBA, there's a bunch of shots from inside the paint, and there's a bunch of shots from around the three-point line. Last year's Blue Jackets team had lots of shots around the three-point, or last year's Blue Jackets team kind of looked like if a team had a lot of shots around the three-point line. They were up past the dots. They were to the edges. I mean, obviously, guys got inside and did some closer-in shots, but for the most part, the Blue Jacks were keeping it to the outside. This year, that's not happening. This year, they are not able to keep those. I don't know what's going on with the defense, but they're just not able to keep those shots in. And there were some big differences in the offseason. You lose Ryan Murray. You lose Marcus Nudavara, Alexander Wenberg, Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, it just tells you what's going what's going on there. Um, I'm looking at the numbers from the ho- folks over at Hockey Viz, and I, I mean, it's just plain as day. The Blue Jackets' offense, when they are when when you look at their their shot maps, they're getting less shots right in in front of the goal in that in that blue area they have to try and protect. Their opponents are, have got a red spot. Not super red, but a red spot right in front of our goal. And it, it, they're just right there. Comparing it to last season, the Blue Jackets defense, our defense had a giant blue spot in front of the goal. I mean, almost the majority of, of the defensive shots happened up past, I mean, up in, you know, up past the face-off circles. It, it's incredible what the defense looked like last year versus this year. And the thing is, when you have this many changes on the team, 
it's tough to sell if it's an offensive or defensive problem. I mean, the argument that it's that it's composition is, well, the coach was here last year. You changed up his players, and now the team can't seem to play defense. But the other argument that can be made is, it does seem pretty consistently that a player leaves Columbus and seems to find their offensive game. I mean, Alexander Wenberg at this point, and I, I know we're still in short sample sizes, but I think he's got, what, nine points? I think he's got as many points as Max Domi has. Josh Anderson, I mean, he, he, I mean, it less, like obviously last year he was hurt, but he's firing off like a rocket this year. Um, I mean, does it did it does it say something that two of our team's points leaders are guys who haven't been on this team for a long time and thus haven't been coached as much by this coaching staff? I don't know. That's my feeling on it. That's where I'm at right now. Um, the thing is, I feel like Yarmo has gotten this team the talent it needs to at least be competitive. And I know that for some people, this is just going to be a big session to me. You know, they think I. I whine because I'm I'm wanting to get rid of the coach or whatever. I, listen, I just think we're at a point where offensively there's some wall and this coaching staff doesn't know how to fix it. And if that's evidenced by anything, it's the power play. The fact that the power play has gone years without them being able to fix it. And it's showing signs of life now after you traded for one of the single best shooters in the NHL. But I mean, you lost a great center to do it, but it's just one of those things where it's if you couldn't fix the power play issue, what makes me think they're going to fix all the other offensive issues? That's my take. And I know as soon as I say it, people, are like, well, who do you want to be the coach? You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, it, it, you probably don't want another retread coach. You probably want somebody I've never heard of or none of you have ever heard of. Well, it wouldn't shock me. Would not shock me a lick. Is at the end of this season, the Blue Jackets wrap up. They miss the playoffs. We don't re-sign John Tortorella. And Yarmo brings in a European head coach. And I know that, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying Yarmo does this because he's European, so he's trying to do it. But I think Yarmo just has all those connections. And it's just the natural thing of if you know people and trust people, you you go there. And I think Yarmo also isn't overcoming. I don't think he's trying to overcome this mindset of uh Oh, they, I don't know. They haven't shown they've been able to do it at the NHL level. I don't think Yarmo's ever worrying about that. I think Yarmo knows smart hockey people are smart hockey people. So that's my guess. If you want my guess as to what's going to happen this season, the Blue Jackets will miss the playoffs. Um, it may not even be particularly close. And they will sign a European head coach in the offseason. Um. Uh, what to the to the question that Mr. Jim Flynn asked? When is the Seth Jones trade going to happen? I wonder if we're going to see a situation where this off season the the the, the team leadership is going to sit down and say, "Okay, where are we at? Are we at a place where we think we're close to competing, or do we think we're closer to to not?" And The way the team's set up right now, you could honestly go in either direction. It wouldn't be hard to reset this group. You don't have a lot of long-term commitments other than 
Cam Atkinson and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Not that I want either one of those guys gone, but those would not be hard. I don't think those would be hard deals to move. Cam maybe a little bit. Bjorkstrand, no. You'd have people lining up at the door to take Bjorkstrand's deal. Um, But that same reasoning is the reason I think this team's probably going to just keep pushing because something I've talked about in the past, if you can keep Jones and Wierenski locked up long-term, I still think those players are going to bounce back to being what they should be, what they have been. You're going to keep Gavrikov. Um, you've still got a lot of good young defensive talent you're going to be hanging on to. Um, I think we're starting to see Peak and Carlson be what they need to be. And both of those guys are just heading into where we're going to be resigning RFA deals with them. You got Texier, who's, showing, who's shown that he can be really good. Jack Roslovic, who's shown he can be really good. Uh, Patrick Laine, who you're going to sign an RFA deal. He's only 22. So, I mean, you can sign if you can sign him for a seven or eight year deal. You've got a premier scorer, a guy who is going to probably break Blue Jackets' goal scoring records. So my thought is, I think we're going to get to this offseason. Again, change coaching staffs, um, see a push towards offense, and and you're going to start seeing uh, the Russian invasion. (laughs) Uh, Vronkov's going to be coming over. Um. I again, I kind of wonder if Chinakov's going to try and make the move this offseason to come over. Um, because there was that discussion about uh, he in the offseason he had a chance to sign like a four year deal with his team and he didn't do it. And I think he's doing it for that way. And then Kirill Marchenko, um, he is got a situation, you know, he's got one more year after this that he's going to stay with his Russian team, but I, I could see that happening. So that's where we are. Um, it's not a not an easy place to be for the Blue Jackets. Now, here's the other thing too, and this this is entirely possible. Um, the Blue Jackets could go on a run. Uh, I mean, the, this here's the thing: this team is good enough. I think the talent is there, so it could kick in at some point. And if it does so, here's the thing: they're about to hit a stretch of games where they have a chance to make up points. They've got two against Chicago next week in that span. They could overtake Chicago. So then you're down to one team. Then they've got two at Nashville, which even though Nashville's not good, we've had a horrible time against them. Then we get Detroit. And then after that, in a span of, in a span of six games, we have four against the Dallas stars. There's a chance there. Uh, I think I talked about this in the last game on the last show. Ides of March. That's where we're at. Ides of March. If if they're if they're in it at the Ides of March, which they could be, then hey, we'll buckle up and we'll we'll enjoy the rest of the season. But as a Blue Jackets fan right now, what I'm doing is I am uh, saving my heart a little bit by lowering some expectations. So that's where I'm at. It. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope we get an awesome playoff run. That would be the best thing. I'm not a fan who's doom and gloom by by nature. I tend to be pretty optimistic, but I'm just not feeling it this season. I, it just doesn't seem like things are going that way. I hope I'm wrong. That'd be the best. Uh, thank you all very much for watching, listening, however you enjoy the show. Thank you very much, and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening. <laughs>